Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. Good stuff as always from Sean Callahan. And Sip, we have a very special guest in studio for the 7 o'clock hour. That is none other than longtime Nebraska assistant coach, now UNL senior offensive analyst, Ron Brown. Good morning, Ron. Hey, good morning, guys. Is that, what, call, is that what we're calling you now, senior offensive analyst? Yeah, you could leave the senior part out. <laughs> I'm just going off what they say on the website, man. You can Offensive blame them for that. I feel like I'm at Denny's getting uh, you know, a special breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> senior citizens, you know. Just an offensive analyst. Uh, hey, John, Ron, I completely understand. I'm an old. Yes. Um, all right. Well, we appreciate you being yes, here. It is a pleasure to have you here in studio. Thank you. I yeah. got lost on the way in. You way. did? Yeah, I was over at a daycare center. Well, that's like, just a stop. I was like, what in the world is going on here, you know? Did you walk into a daycare I walked center? in, and that's probably where I should be. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a little tricky. I, I knew it was a little tricky. It's a little tricky to find. Yeah. Until you see, you know, the tickets right on the thing. Yeah, then you come but down under. Yeah, down slope. Yeah, I still get lost coming here. Yeah. Well, Ron, we were talking about last segment. We, we are just about 50 days away from football kicking off. I mean, Nebraska's going to be in Dublin, mm-hmm. August 27th, kickoff there. Is, is that hitting home for you yet? Like For the, for the guys in the team, like is, is that starting to click in, saying we are about to start fall camp here soon? And then, oh, by the way, we have the very first game of the entire football season. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely set in. And um, we've got a taste on our mouth that um, – needs to be wiped away. And when that's the case, you don't get caught up in all of the, you shouldn't be caught up in all of the, you know, extracurriculars mm-hmm. of traveling overseas and it's over in Ireland. And hopefully that stuff is kind of, you know, settled down now and it's about balling out mm-hmm. on August 27th, uh, wherever we're playing. It's interesting, Ron, because it is a trip for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. It's a trip. It's a chance to see another country. But I've talked to players this summer. It doesn't feel like... That they they just as soon be going to Evanston and playing. Right. It's not, it seems like is that the feeling you get? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's a good that's yeah. a good way of looking at it. I mean, you know, we're not gonna uh, pretend that we're not in Dublin. Um, there, there will be moments uh, <laughs> right. for that. You know, we went we played in Tokyo, for example, in uh-huh. 1992. Okay. And we went early enough where yeah, we did a little sightseeing and so forth. But that was a big game against Kansas State. That was the last. Uh, well, the next to last, I think, regular season game of the year that year. Okay. Whatever. And that was a big game. We had to play well in that game. So you, you, you can't afford too much luxury. I mean, you've got to get your, your nose to the grindstone. Is that how it was in Tokyo when you guys went to Tokyo? Was it, was it a business trip? Yeah, it had to be. I mean, that's we, interesting. We weren't going over there, you know. I, and again, you know, we had, we were used to going to bowl games and so forth. And, and, and there was a little bit of bowl flavor to it. But Coach Osborne did a great job in making sure that we were grinding. And, 
and it had to be that way against a very you know challenging Kansas State football team. You, you told us that you flew over with Kansas State for that game. Yeah, too. we did. That's, we were one big wild. one big plane. I I remember Tim Beck and I talking about that because Tim, who coached with us here at Nebraska, yeah. was a Kansas State coach at the time. He was. Wow. Yeah. So he was on that trip and a bunch of other guys. But anyhow, it. Uh, it was uh, it was a business trip, no question. Speaking of trips, now we this is why we brought Ron in. Ron recently returned from Warsaw, Poland, where he was part of Operation Safe Harbor Ukraine, and you worked with youth, U- Ukrainian youth. Um, it was sports oriented. What you did with them, football and soccer, and it was. I mean, obviously that trip made a huge impression on you. What are, the, what are the kind of things that come to mind after having gone over to Warsaw, Poland to help this war-torn country, these refugees is what we're talking about, right. staying in a hotel in Warsaw, you had direct contact. What was it like? It was humbling. Um, the first thing that has to, I think, happen for a situation like that for, for me to get the benefit out of it is that I must humble myself. <laughs> you know, we go over sometimes like we got so much to offer as Americans and I love America and I'm glad I live in America. Mm-hmm. So I'm not complaining about America. Mm-hmm. I am saying that pride goeth before destruction. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're, when you're going to places and you are offering to help people, the idea isn't a three point shot. It's rather getting in the paint to mm-hmm. use basketball terms. Mm-hmm. You've got to get in the paint with people. You've mm-hmm. got to get as, as close as you possibly can to their situation. Hear their stories. Listen to what they're saying. Yeah, they're speaking a different language, but that's why I had two interpreters. You know, I was able to understand what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're going through, and tears speak for themselves, mm-hmm. and laughter speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And the sports world brings out a lot of emotions and a variety of things. What's under the hood? Get, get involved in a competitive ball game of some sort. Mm-hmm. And as much as I were, was preaching to them about American football, they would say, oh, American football, uh, 50-50, Ukrainian football. <laughs> yeah. That's soccer. what they wanted to play, soccer. soccer. And, and when you watch them play and you listen to them and you listen to all the verbiage that's going on, even though you don't understand what it's saying, you know what, it, you know what they're saying. Yeah. So getting in the paint with them, listening to what they had to say, and identifying with the worn, torn situation that they're in. That was really important. Yeah, I mean, this is now, so people don't understand, a lot of these refugees would, they would trek 14 miles to this hotel. And this is a Steve Glenn operation. He is, he, Steve Glenn, who's the founder and the founder of Executive Travel has set up this operation in Warsaw. And, and you went at his request, right? Yeah, well, and he was gracious. I, I, he and uh, a couple of friends of mine, John and Penny Hannes, who, who knows okay. Steve, went over. But, yeah, it, it was a conglomerate of uh, a few of us uh, people here in America who, particularly in Nebraska, who had a heart, uh, Christian people who have a heart for the, uh, for the souls of these people. And you took soccer balls and footballs i did and then so how what was your approach with these ukrainian youth well i mean i i wanted to first of all when you go over as a teacher even though you want to identify with the people 
you better just start start off with something that you know something about. <laughs> so I knew right. something more about I knew a little bit more about that uh, oblong ball than I did that round ball. You know <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I do know. What and, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but 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 <laughs> and I, sh- I I taught them some football drills and and they had seen enough of American football. I even showed them some film. Of, did you? Uh, yeah, showed them some film of a of a game uh, that we played uh, some years ago. But anyhow, the point being that I had to find what was going to touch their soul. I was just using sports to get to their heart. And so eventually, um, Ukrainian football, which is soccer, became the norm. <laughs> Interesting. So, so how long were you over there for, Ron? Uh, about um, five or six days, something like that. Five or that. six yeah. days, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. In terms of the, the people you talk to, I mean, what is the overall morale right now there? And, and I guess kind of how were you able to improve that with them? There's a sadness because dads are fighting in the war, mm. their cities are being bombed, their futures are unknown, and they're in this hotel, and they're just trying to do normal things and live normalized life. But what I saw was a resiliency. I didn't see a quit. You know, I was, I was uh, Sip, you and I have talked before, but um, you know, there's a, a Bible verse in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13, that says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. We shall be slain in the streets. That's the end of the verse. And really mm-hmm. what it's saying is that, you know, when people are lazy in their thinking, they end up becoming very fearful because all they do are think about problems. Hmm. They don't have solutions. But a, but a man or a woman who has solutions is one who's preparing and working for the next step. Mm-hmm. So there is an industriousness that you see in these people. I saw these people as like their leader. They're resilient. Mm-hmm. They're tough. They're not. They're not giving ground. Mm-hmm. They're fight for their land. Mm-hmm. And even though these young boys, any boy sixteen years and above, should be fighting in the war, mm-hmm. and or any man who has less than two children mm-hmm. should be fighting in the war. Mm-hmm. But many of those men have decided, even though we have three or more, we're going to fight anyhow. The boys, the young boys are coming over across the borders mm-hmm. with their moms and so forth. But these boys still have a fighting spirit inside of them. That's what hit me. Mm-hmm. What hit me was that these kids weren't sitting around just playing video games and mm-hmm. crying about this and crying about that. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were bawling out on the soccer field. Mm-hmm. They were, they were in, engaged in speaking languages where they might be going to, to, to live for a while. Mm-hmm. So English or whatever it was. They were they were open to listening to the word of God, and it's a it's a nation that uh, that's not a you know all that distant to, and so I I was encouraged. I listen, you know, I was laying in bed at eleven o'clock at night. The windows were open because mm-hmm. there was no air conditioning in the hotel, mm-hmm. and I would listen to these kids in complete darkness outside on a little makeshift field outside the hotel. They were they were playing soccer all night long. Eleven wow. o'clock at night, wow. late at night, they're playing soccer. They're screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're saying, but I I can understand <laughs> the emotion of the game because I've I'm, I've been around sports so much. But I saw this incredible resiliency in their life, and that inspired me. You tell a great story about a, a young fella, a 10-year-old named Ben. Yeah. Um, who, <laughs> just relate the story that you related to me yesterday about this Ben who was very interested in American football. Mm-hmm. And you 
pulled your hamstring and had a little moment with it. Uh-oh. Yeah, what, what's a 65-year-old man doing out there pulling a hamstring? <laughs> you, but you, you were playing soccer. I'm playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Not stretched. Right. Thinking, I got this, I got yeah, this. You know, yeah, I can hang yeah. with these teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> and then certainly there was a change of of speed to get to a ball. And then right. when you accelerate, right. it yanked. Oh, yep. It yanked my hamstring. It's, it's the lower part of the hamstring. Uh-huh. But, man, it was sore. Yeah. So here I am. I do what a typical, a typical American might probably want to do. Which is? Sit, on, sit down and, 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 and brood about it. Right. You get all sore butt about it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there pouting. Okay. And, on the sideline. Yeah, on the sideline, you know. <laughs> and... and 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 young Ben, about ten years old, mm-hmm. Ukrainian boy, who who loved the football drills that I was doing with him. He really was engaged in that stuff. He liked it, and he, he expected me every day to show him a new drill, and mm-hmm. and he would work on it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Coach, coach," when he saw me sitting down, "Coach, uh, 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 football, football drills." He wanted to play. Yeah, he wanted to. He had a football with him. Yeah, and I looked at him and I waved him off. Like a pitcher waves off a catcher. Yep, yep. Uh-uh, man. I, I don't, I'm not doing Did it. you point at your hamstring? I pointed, I, well, I did, but I was just kind of mad. Yeah. And, and, and I said, no, no, I'm, I'm just not up for it right now. And, and I, this kid who's always smiling, in the midst of the, the wear and tear that he's gone through, the war that's going on, uh, smiling, always energetic, I saw the countenance just kind of evaporate. It's like air came right out of the balloon. His shoulders slumped, and he just kind of walked off. And then it was like the Holy Spirit hit me and said, you know, you arrogant, you know what? Mm-hmm. You came over here for this? For mm-hmm. what, to nurse your hamstring? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I got you, yeah. I mean, that little pain that you're going through mm-hmm. compared to the pain mm-hmm. he's going through? Are you kidding? Yeah. So I, I, I got up. I got up. I caught myself. I got up, mm-hmm. picked up that football, and I went over. I limped over to him. And I said, "Man, let's, hey Ben, let's do, let's do the football drills." Caught yourself. Yeah, that's the key. You caught it. I did, but you know, it reminded me. I I, I really believe that there's two tests in life, guys. You know, I think there's the test of prosperity and there's the test of adversity. Mm-hmm. And how you handle those two determines a lot of things in your life. And right there, the test of adversity caught me mm-hmm. in a bad place. In a selfish place, yeah, and that and that's what what really hit me. That changed the whole trip for me. Did it? Yeah, and every time, and, and I still got remnants <laughs> of that hamstring. You still got every time. Every time I feel about the pain, I think about young Ben, and yeah. I think about the 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 going from him going from a deep uh, a sadness to an elevation of he loved joy football. Again. Yeah, he loved it, and he loved the fact that there was. I mean, they, they really thought it was cool that an American coach had come over there and was showing them something like this. Even though they really love soccer, they were appreciative of, 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 the, uh, of the football opportunity, and this young boy, Ben, especially. So uh, that, I needed that kind of humbling. That's interesting. Steve, yeah. Glenn, Steve Glenn, by the way, who, who's put together this, what, what they call OSHU, Operation Safe Harbor Ukraine, knew all about Ben. He said Ben's a special kid. He is. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of them, a lot, a lot of them that are dealing with something that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, a full-on war. Their, their dads are over fighting. Yeah. Um, their houses have been bombed. Yeah. A lot of their houses have been bombed. That's, their that's their lives are obliterated. Yeah. And here they are in this hotel in Warsaw. Yeah. And, and you're over there seeing it on ground zero. Well, you know, 
There's a couple things, Sip, and, and I've shared this with our players for years, and sometimes it, the guy who's teaching this needs a, a refresher course like me. Yeah. And that is that a setback really can be a setup. Mm-hmm. And the friction can turn into traction. Mm-hmm. But it's about your attitude. It's about what's under the hood. Mm-hmm. How do you handle the test of life, whether it's prosperity or adversity? We don't handle prosperity very well either. But we certainly have a hard time handling adversity. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this with athletes for years because there are some guys who come out of tough situations better than ever. And then there's other guys, who it, it just destroys them. I think of these, think about these European basketball players who are going to the NBA right now. Okay, A lot of these guys are from war-torn mm communities Mm -hmm. and and you know what they started doing balling out man they started playing in the playgrounds and and their in their wreckage a lot of like inner city kids here in america Uh who came from a a lot you know where i was growing up we would be playing basketball we'd be playing basketball at 11 o'clock at night in new york and where in new york oh i'd be in massachusetts oh massachusetts Massachusetts. i I was originally from new york yeah but i grew up in massachusetts okay but it didn't matter if you didn't have a whole lot Mm-hmm. You grasped onto the what you did have, right. and you got pretty good at that. Yeah. yeah, and and so you see these elevated skill sets that are coming out of Europe, being drafted into the NBA. Well, that didn't just come from affluence; mm-hmm. it came from yeah. difficulty. Yeah. So a lot of times we think hard times and difficulties uh, destroy life. Well, you know what? Sometimes the most beautiful musical pieces come from people who grew up harshly. Mm-hmm. Or, or have had have been attacked in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Greatest poetry, the, the basketball or football or intellect of some sort. You know, you don't have to sit there and be a product of the turbulation and the tribulation that you come from. It can inspire you to do incredible things to rise above all that. And there's another portion of scripture that I really love in that chapter, Proverbs 22. Mm-hmm. It's verse 29. It says, do you see a man who's diligent in his work? That man will not stand before average men. He will stand before kings. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen some Ukrainian boys here in these last couple of weeks who will be standing before kings. Is that right? Yeah. There, there's something spirit. special about their attitude. Their spirit, their resiliency, mm-hmm. their fire. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to, if they take on the right attitude, they're going to come out of it. With more, with more of a shine than it's a lot. Yeah, it's amazing what they're going through. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I guess when you come back from that, Ron, I mean, the, these are lessons you can teach to guys in the football team, right, in terms of battling adversity. They, these guys are going through an incredible, terrible things in Ukraine. Yes. And they're still finding a way to smile and get through it and, and, and battle through. I mean, Nebraska football is battling some tough times in terms of mm-hmm. on-the-field performance, but it's not like that in terms of – you know, war zone area, but but it's it's stuff you can probably teach in terms of some lessons, right, to the current guys in the team. Yeah, absolutely, we love teaching those lessons. We we teach those lessons in in our history, what's taking place in wars and different things and overcoming and how many times is the has has uh, Great Britain because of its great leader during World War II been quoted? We'll never give yeah. up. We'll never yep. quit. Never. Well, you know. There are football coaches that quote him on, on a number of things. Why? Why Is it because football is more important? No. But whatever avenue of life we're in, we can take on the attitudes that we've learned from others and, and be inspired to maximize our talent. Joined by Rod Brown. If you have any questions for Ron, please call or text 402-464-5685. Uh, we have plenty of opportunity to get space in here with Ron. But I'm curious, Ron, as, as we move forward, we, we've been talking a lot – today about a lot of changes in the world in terms of actual 
college sports right now too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. You're a traditional. Co- you've been around for a long time for coaching, but and, and you've been through the Big Eight, the Big Twelve, and, and now we're seeing all these these changes in college sports where you're hearing super conferences out there. You're seeing you know UCLA USC join the Big Ten. Uh, the rumors the Big Twelve might raid six Pac-12 teams and, and get them to join the conference. What? For someone who's been around and saw the the beauty of college football as it was with all these conferences as being a peer sport, what is your take on all this right now? Um, you know, I'm not surprised. Hmm. Um, I'm really not. I kind of have been suspicious, and I don't say it in a bad way, mm-hmm. that there's going to be mega conferences and a variety of things that, you know, the regionalized deal was at some point going to uh, – it played out. I mean, I, I think a lot of things are going to get washed down. Um, but again, what do I know? It, it really doesn't matter what I think mm-hmm. that much. I think it, it's more of, look, man, I'm going to be playing on my feet with my eyes up, and I have the capacity and the power to adjust to whatever it is that I have to adjust to. I need to be firm in my convictions, and I think that's how we have to be. No matter what the changes are, for mm-hmm. example, for a coach. A coach should have some fundamentals and foundation that don't change. I mean, I know that there's more there's more money out there for student athletes and so forth. We may not be able to change that uh, to the, exactly the way we want to, but the coach needs to have a firm foundation on how he's going to run his program. And and I I so that's the tra- the traditionalist in me. I just remember Coach Osborne what he's been built on. I see Coach Frost, who came from that same environment, gravitating to some of those things. So that's, I think that, to me, that's more important than all the changes that are going on. I use the term, I want to be circumstance-free, not circumstance-based. Ron, you may or may not remember this, but Tom Osborne, when he was the AD in 09, now think back to 09, Mm -hmm. you guys came close to winning the Big 12 championship, very controversial game against Texas in Jerry's world, came back and, and drilled Arizona in the bowl game. And then Tom, I talked to Tom about this yesterday, met with the staff. I don't know if you remember this. And he asked the football staff, what do you guys think about moving out of the Big 12 into the Big 10? Do you remember? Do you happen to remember that meeting? I kind of do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you talk, when you think of back to 09 and, and 10 and Tom leading that charge, um, into the Big Ten. What goes through your mind right now? Well, I, I talked to Tom personally about it, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that he, as we all were, concerned a little bit with the Big 12 and how long it would last. Yeah. It just seemed like a very unstable situation. It was unstable. And and uh, with Texas kind of, you know, dominating that scene. And I know that Tom, and I just know his ideals, too. I, I think he was attracted to the stability of the Big Ten. That's it. And the, 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 yeah, there was a finance, financial gain there. But, but when you really look at the Big Ten, it was a good academic conference, for sure. And you had packed stadiums wherever you go. Yep. yep. I mean, it, yeah, it's true. just great interest. I mean, it we've is. had many, many games over the years in the Big Eight, mm-hmm. in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in the same home address with all kinds of different conferences now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, you have. So I've been through all this. And there were, at times, it was sparsely populated. I, I don't remember 
uh, hardly any game in the Big Ten Conference has been sparsely populated. Right, that's true. Just about every stadium has been filled and maxed. Mm-hmm. So the interest level is extremely high. And I think Tom was looking at the future and wanted to be in a conference that he knew was going to last, at least have some stability for, for a good period. Do you guys of time. talk about this much on a coach, at the coaching staff level? How much daily conversation comes up with this all this turmoil that's going on around you in college football? You know, there's not a. I mean, I you know, guys have their private meetings and so forth, but we don't sit there and have meetings on it every single day. And you know, occasionally from time to time, we throw it out there for each other. But a lot of it is, you know, in the coffee shops or us, you know, working out together or something and talking about this or that. Um, you know, you, you again, you, there's so much that's out of your control. Yeah, you're going to play on Saturday. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to play on Saturday. That's where you got to spend your time and effort. You know, no matter where you're playing, who you're playing against, mm-hmm. you better get a maximized performance out of your team. Mm-hmm. Give me questions for about Ron Brown again, please. Call or text 464-568. I will take a quick break. Ron, you stick around. Can you stick around? Because what we want to ask you about is the recruitment of Jay Foreman. Yes. Ron Brown, his recruit. The list of players that Ron Brown's recruited is incredible, and one of them is Jay Foreman. <laughs> we'll hear more of that next on Early Break in the Ticket.